Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through sex and the city for the first time ever. Mostly, I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber, and I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great tonight. You know, I had to I had to shift my mindset because obviously I love doing this, but I had a really long work day, mm. and I shifted my mindset to be like, no, I'm not. I don't. My day is done, and now I get to hang out with my friends. I love that. I'm not doing work. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have another thing. Now I just get to hang. Yeah. Hang with the boys. This is just hanging. I, this is just hanging with the boys. This is just hanging. I had to shift mine too because I was really tired and I took a nap like an hour and a half ago. And you know, when you take like a, like a solid, like 20 to 25 minute nap and you don't want to go over the nap bubble, but then you come out of that and you have to like wait a little bit to get refreshed. I feel like I timed yeah. it just right to where I'm. I'm hitting. I'm in the refresh zone right now. See, so I'm like ready to go. I well refreshed. I, I, I've never experienced that. When I take naps, I'm always just like it's a bad. It puts me in a bad spot always. Well, how long do you nap for? I don't nap because I know oh. that about. So I, maybe I'll try it again. Maybe I'll try napping this summer. Here's 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 two na- two nap strategies that are sure to put the listeners to sleep. Welcome to the Bradshaw um. Boys a podcast where we talk <laughs> nap strats. Let's go. I wonder if there's ever been any nap scenes in sex in the city. If there's like one of them, just like, like I can imagine a slow dolly shot across Carrie's apartment and her like lying there, Who? like napping where it's like, Carrie was like, well, she wouldn't, she would say herself. She was like, I was so tired from me and Big's conversation. Who do you think out of the four main women, who do you think naps the most? Like, uh, is there a power napper? And is it some, is it not it's, Samantha? It's, That's my question. I've, I feel like it's got to be Miranda. Ooh. Miranda seems like she's no. one. No, yeah. Listen, she's a she is a a a mother of a young child, so she's tired all the time. I feel like Miranda's naps are her working on the couch on a Saturday, and then she falls asleep, and then ends up turning over and sleeping for an extra thirty. That would well, be my also, thought. Also, you know how there's the um, it's like Ben Franklin or something. Like he would sleep like an hour and I don't know, he had some weird sleeping schedule and then he ended up getting all this stuff done because he would, and I feel like Miranda probably has something like that. She's like, I sleep four hours a day and then I take two 20 minute naps like in the day. That's like the ultra, the ultra man. There's like a whole Tim Ferriss thing of like how you can hack your sleep schedule. And one is the ultra man where it's like it, like it, you're on like a razor's edge, but you only sleep like you only sleep like max, like 45 minutes. You like dump ice buckets of water on yourself and hyperventilate (laughs) yourself every morning too. something. Yeah. I definitely could see Miranda doing like just cold showers, cold baths. But you sleep like it's like you if you add it up, it it ends up being like six and a half hours a day, but you do it in certain increments. And like if you once you get it right, your body's like optimal, but you have to. But if you break it, you're screwed. I could see Miranda. Yeah, I I couldn't necessarily see her. That's not her vibe. I don't think Miranda life hacks like like she she doesn't life hack. She is like she's ordering Chinese food, like delivery. She's watching her cake out of the trash. She's watching her British rom-coms like she's not interested in life hacking. Samantha's a life hack. What was that show called again? 
I, um, I have no idea. It was like Chauncey's Rory, pleasure. Rory and Bob. I yeah. don't know. It was, there was like two people's names. Yeah. Here's a here's Miranda's life hack: how to make your garbage edible. <laughs> Eat cake out of the trash. Yeah. Let me just say, and this is not this is not just us being like, oh, go review us. But I don't know. <laughs> but it is. But <laughs> but go. But if you haven't, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my We're God. trying to. No. Um. Someone just said. Uh, it was Day Daisy Do Daisy Do. She said hilarious commentary and fresh perspective on the series, and I feel like she wants to go back and be like, also they're 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 doing some deep deep nap commentary, which is as fresh a commentary as you can get because no one has ever dipped in to uh, Sex and the City nap so behavior. But Corey, I would like to hear a brief summary of your okay. na- of your nap your two nap strats. Yep. Brief, the briefest I can give on the two nap strats. Nap strat one, because they say, they being the, you know, whenever you say they say, it's like the, the nap experts, lobby. The nap lobby. Uh, 20 minutes is like, is your best, your best nap time that you're not super groggy afterwards. So I set an alarm for about 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, because that gives you a couple minutes to get into it. Okay. So that's, Let me that's be strategy honest with you, one. dude. Putting it at 24, you're playing yeah, with you fire. You are just playing. Hey. <laughs> You know You're what? I'll say, the I'll devil say right there. Two things: live dangerously, nap dangerously. Okay. <laughs> I've known Corey for um, a long time, and he is—he is not scared to to nap wow, for twenty-four not minutes. Not dog. And then the next one is the disco nap. You know what a disco nap is, right? Nah. Disco nap is uh, you you drink like a shot of espresso or a cup of coffee. You go down for that twenty-minute nap. And then you wake up Ooh. and then it's all kicked in by then. And then that makes the recovery time a little better. That's, and you're ready to go. That's great. Disco See, my, nap's great. My, my issue is I have narcolepsy. So like napping, oh. like that whole idea of sleep for me is very stressful. Just all of it is, is too stressful to think about. Yeah. I wish I could can not I, sleep. Can I ask a question that has to do with, with that, which is, it seems like the coffee culture in the sex in the city world was very much very much like pre Starbucks world takeover. It's pre yeah. And happening. Pre, so yeah. was, was everyone just rocking like shitty bodega coffee then? Well, what was, is that, what was that your question, Kevin? Yeah. It was just, what was the coffee culture? Cause now like you guys want to get deep I'm, into coffee and, culture? and we're big just so everyone knows like we're, oh. we big coffee boys. We, we hey. fit the, we fit the Brooklyn bro <laughs> coffee stereotype. Across I'll, the board. Listen, I'll just say this to all our listeners: we're the worst. <laughs> I, if if someone, yeah, if someone saw where we lived, they're like, "Oh, three three dudes that live in Brooklyn," and you were like, "Oh, they probably do pour over." It, we would be like, uh, "What type of pour over?" Because I, be, I have a Chemex, and I also have. It'd be like, "Yeah, please I have, define yourself," because I also have a V60 and a Kalita Wave, so yeah. I do pour yeah, over. So, but that's like saying, you know, that's like, oh, you know, he he plays water sports. Well, which kind? Here's which how kind? pathetic we are. I am vacationing with Katie's parents and my parents. <laughs> I brought my burr grinder on vacation. Dude, the big with one. Me. Yeah, I am leaving tomorrow. I'm leaving the city tomorrow. And I have been, this is the, the people that are listening to the pre episode chat on this are really getting some gems today. Um, I have been in a thing where I'm like, should I bring my burr grinder Yes. or, but here's, but I might fly. I, well, I don't know if I'm going to fly or rent a if, car. Dude, if you like, fly I don't, with it, you, you, you bring that as a carry on all day. <laughs> Cause I also was just going to buy a hand burr grinder. That's oh, like that's, 40 that's bucks. That's an option too. And then I would be like, oh, I have one for traveling, for camping, which I never do. So All there right. you go. Well, this is, you know what? This we would talk- be my, sorry, go ahead. What's your question? But oh. this, is, this, this would be my question, which is, <laughs> which is like, I definitely feel like coffee cart, Miranda's coffee cart. She just she's goes up to cart. a cart, $1. It's burnt. She's got, it doesn't she's matter. Got, she has baby shit smeared on her face. <laughs> she's, baby She's just, has, she's just, she's just been through the ringer of life. And, and she's, she's just like dark coffee. And if she did get, if she did go to a place, she would get a, a red eye because that's like an extra shot sure. in a cup of coffee. Sure. She just needs that extra juice. I know it was some Instagram post from someone, but they had, I think it was the guys's coffee. The guys's coffee. Yes, it was. It oh, was. Okay. Yeah. What would the, I think that was every outfit. other girls coffee drinks, what would they be? I 
I think, I feel like Carrie's got to be some sort of Starbucks, like mocha, sugary. That's, that's macchiato. also iced, like an iced, ice sugary macchiato. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. She's just like walking around the streets of Manhattan with somebody holding one of those big cups. Yeah. I feel, yeah, like, just I feel like Samantha is like a, like a, like a double espresso, just like quick, dirty, get it done, get out, efficient. Yeah. Hot and, I don't have hot time. And, hot and fast, honey. Yeah. 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 And then, and then what's Char- Charlotte? Charlotte? Charlotte's French press. Yeah. Oh yeah. Charlotte's totally. definitely French totally. press. That's, that's a good call. And so then yeah. what's, what's Miranda? Miranda's cart Miranda's coffee. Miranda's shitty bodega, bodega, bodega coffee. coffee. She's, she's bodega cart coffee. Cart coffee. New York right. City cart coffee. I'm, we're going to do a little segment here where I'm going to read facts about something. And I want you two to try to guess what this something is. This Welcome item. Welcome to facts about something. Facts, facts about, about something. Something. This item first um, hit stores in 1980. That's the first clue. This was created in 1968 by accident. Um, the original color Wait. of this item was also by accident. And the canary yellow remains the most popular color of this item. What is this item? Um, KitchenAid mixer. Nope. Uh, I was going to say a Volkswagen bug. Nope. I'm I talking, say, I'm talking a rabbit. I'm talking a 3M rabbit. Minnesota mining manufacturing Spencer silver, trying to develop, um, a strong adhesive accidentally develops weak adhesive, puts it on the back of some canary yellow scrap paper. Ladies and gentlemen, <gasps> you have 1980s smash hit the post-it note. Wow. That's how it came about. Whoa. And you know what? I learned that in my marketing, my in my business marketing class in Minnesota. And this post-it note always sticks twice, two times. Twice. Yeah, what do we how think many, that's gonna be? How many people are just like, what's this little fact game? Get to the point. We are listen, you're safe in our hands. Yeah, come the on. Post-it We're not was, gonna... The post-it note was created by accident. That's a great fact. Do you do you realize the trap we just set for everyone where we start off talking about naps, then we get into third wave coffee culture, and then we bring it back to sex in the city, and people are like, I'm into this. It's 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 entertaining, but they need to kind of get on with it. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh my gosh, we're talking about the post-it. Yeah. Is this yeah. is this a well, great is this a great top of the episode or the greatest top of the episode? That's what you have to ask yourselves. Yeah. If you let's let's quick do a versus for a tournament. Most iconic use of the post-it would it be Sex in the City, mm-hmm. or is it uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion? The fact that they invented the post-its. Ooh. That's a plot point oh. in, in Romeo and Michelle. Yeah, this right, thing that, that I have is. it says number one fact: this these were created in 1960 by accident, and then in parentheses it says, "Nope, Romeo and Michelle didn't invent them." Wow. Um, yeah, I've never seen Romeo and, Michelle and Michelle's wedding or I whatever. So. Honest, I haven't either. Oh, it's great. So I feel like a lot of, right of people now, probably just flipped out. As of right now, this is the most um, significant post-it note in in media history for me. Yeah, I yeah. would say me too. I'm looking. What an I'm, iconic! I wonder if they knew the iconic nature of it being a post-it. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of the writer's room. I know we're going to have to, we'll get to the episode and we can talk about it after, but it's like, but it wasn't a note. Mm. It wasn't a, this. A it was like, there is something about it being iconic because of the color, because it's a post-it, because it's a thing that maybe she has a writing. It's like this like invasion. And it's into on her. her computer. It wasn't like those, you remember those little poems that you could write on your refrigerator? You know, with those yeah. different words. Mag- magnetic poetry? It wasn't magnetic poetry that said, sorry, I can't on a refrigerator. It was a post-it note. <laughs> I wish her, it was. Dude, what if, like, what if he would have just... The most charming bitch move of all time. Be like, oh, that was sweet, but wait, that's horrible. <laughs> Depending on like which guy Carrie dates, like what if she ends up dating like some downtown graffiti artist and he just spray paints that like all across her wall, <laughs> just like Banksy style. Sorry, sorry. I can't. Don't, don't hate, hate me. me. And then there's like a little rat doing a shruggy <laughs> with wearing a cop's hat. And it's like a super iconic Banksy thing. And and that becomes like the, the artist's entire name. 
Be like, do you follow? I'm sorry, I can't do him. Oh man, is <laughs> he's such a his work is honestly has elevated street art. To I'm just a fan art. of his entire catalog. It's amazing. Yeah, um, every woman he's broken up with, he's done it in a different way on their wall. Well, it's well, let's hop in. For those of you found along at home, Burger has just uh, left Carrie the the famous Oof. posting up. Sorry, I can't. Don't hate me. And uh, we're gonna hop into season six. Episode seven, the post-it always is it the post-it note or the post-it always sticks twice. Post, post-it um, always sticks we, twice. Uh, I, I just want to make a prediction. The first scene is going to have to be, there's either a tiny little scene and then a chat and chew or it opens on a chat and chew with Carrie. Just with Carrie has the first line and it's like, what the fuck? And they're at a chat and chew. It's some sort of what the fuck Carrie saying at a chat and chew is the opening line to this episode. My prediction I, is she's going to take the rest of her post notes and make a stick figure of burger falling down the stairs. Like a, mm. stip fl a, fl <laughs> a flip book of burger falling down the stairs. <laughs> I love fuck, that. John, you won. I think you All won. Right. I don't have another one. I was going to say my, my prediction is it opens up on the scene from Romy and Michelle's, then it zooms <laughs> out, and then they're watching it. And then Samantha's like, did they really invent that? And then they go into it. That was mine. It was very mad. All right. All right. Let's get into this shit. Go All grab right, a coffee. Let's, let's watch it. Grab a coffee. Take Bye. a disco nap. Episode 81. A post-it always sticks twice. Burger returns, but then breaks up with Carrie with a post-it note. Miranda finally loses all of her baby weight and rediscovers her skinny jeans. Charlotte decides she wants a small wedding. Samantha is reluctant to be labeled as Smith's girlfriend. And now, back to the boys. The post-it doesn't stick once. You know it always sticks twice. All right, one one dollar. I'll Venmo whoever one dollar if they can tell me who directed the movie that they named this uh, this title after. The postman always rings twice. Yes. Uh. Um, it was. Um, there you go, Spielberg. Um. I'm going to go, um, uh, all right. I can't, I can't think of the guy. Right. We have so much to cover. Who was it? Yeah, we got so much to cover. I thought it was, I thought it was Alfred Hitchcock. It wasn't. So no one gets it. <laughs> I have to, I have to, Everyone, you have to Venmo it's all open. our listeners a dollar. for whoever, the first person that, that responds, you need to Venmo a dollar too. Yes. The first person right. that responds. Um, okay. So Carrie posed the question, um, she talked about uh, getting like women's choice is either is only to get married or learn something. Uh, mm -hmm. Why aren't we such a rush from confused to Confucius? And she asked the through line, do we search for lessons just to lessen the pain? Mm. Um, Samantha um, was labeled Smith's girlfriend. She told him to not say that in a, in a TRL interview. And then when she finally said it, she was a little bit upset that he was. She was labeled uh, kind of a nobody. Charlotte, um, you know, waffled kind of between this being her second wedding and uh, the joy of having a ring, but uh, the the frustration of it being her second wedding and not wanting a big wedding party. Um, Miranda found her skinny jeans and her confidence, and Carrie uh, kind of runs into Burger's friends. And uh, deals with the label of like an angry woman. Uh, and it's just kind of like, I guess the entire episode is more the four of them living in Carrie's nightmare scenario of the day that she got dumped with a post-it note. And it's kind of just their adventures bouncing around in that single day. So um, wait, did you, did you say, sorry, were you done with the, no, the no, wrap up? No, yeah, I was. But what was, what were you going to, what were you going to add? Did you mention the things that happened after? Sorry. Did you mention the things that happened about them going to the bar and the arrest and stuff? You did, no, right? Carrie, Carrie, then you just, they smoke a joint. They go to, a, they go to a dive bar. Carrie smokes a joint and she gets um, arrested for smoking a doobie. Not arrested. Mm. Detained. Temporarily detained. Am I being detained? Um, but yeah, we, we need, we need to talk about a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. I think the first thing 
is that opening scene, uh, the engaged versus enraged, which like how and I know, Corey, we've talked about this joke and you've done several great jokes about the reality of New York, about how it's like a, a brutal girl that throws you in the back of a car and beats mm-hmm. you up. But New York can go back and forth from the most magical place in the world if you're in the right frame of mind to just the seventh layer of hell in, mm. in a blink of an eye. And I love that they kind of showed Carrie and Charlotte's experience with the two different versions of New mm-hmm. York. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's great. true. That's totally true. And it can like turn on a dime and, and like from one day to the next, even like within a couple hours, it can turn yeah. on a dime. I heard about this thing that's true. That's like, there's a psychology to like, if you miss, um, it's like a bus stop thing, but whatever, like you get endorphins when you make the bus. And so you remember oh, yeah. it more, um, and it, or, but you forget it. But when you miss the bus, somehow you, if you like looked at when you missed the train, it, it feels like it happens more to you than it actually does. But really for everybody, if you kept track of it over the long haul, you'd realize like, oh yeah, both have happened a whole bunch. And I feel like that was like a great example of, um, she wasn't waiting for the train, but that's like one of the biggest things. Like it could be the worst day that you have. And that's going to be the day that the doors just close on you right at the last minute. And then there are other days that like you're having a good day. And then it feels like the train just like was like one minute away. And then you walk on and you're like, I'm on time. I found money on the ground. Like, Yeah. yeah, it's great. So or even if you miss it, you're like, I missed the train. It's not a big deal. And then I, then I like ran into my old coworker. This is the best. Yeah. Like you yeah. Are, you're like, you're more, you can like paint it in a better way. And, and you're I, in a better I imagine mood. that that happens everywhere in the world. You know, like I'm sure yeah. there's some days where you're like driving to work and you're catching all green lights and there's no ads on the radio and you're just like, this is the greatest. But I think New York can, can exasperate that a lot because you're just surrounded by people. You're getting bumped. If you, if you're slightly agitated, then New York will shake you to the point of erupting and you're just like, get away from me. And you you don't even, you don't even, you're from Ohio or Illinois or North Carolina and still you're just like, I'm walking here. (laughs) Where'd that that accent come from? (laughs) That's, that's, it's because I'm living in New York. That's where my accent came from. Um, And yeah, they're having a great time because it's what I really like about this episode so far is that um, a? I was kind of right. It's like a little intro, and then right into me. I thought about that. Which you could just totally. feel, you could feel that that was pretty obvious. But it was. Um, I really liked that there was such a clear sense of time in the last two episodes. Like they're almost part yeah. one and part two, and a lot of times you don't know if it's weeks or whatever go by. That's not really important to the show. And with this, it was like, oh man, like she literally woke up like the, the yeah. last episode when she woke up and this is her going to talk. And so there yeah. was just like, everything was so compressed, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I, what I would love, I think we can talk about like the over the overarching f- philosophy that they talked about is does everything happen for a reason? Uh, you know, Charlotte thinks everything happens for a reason. She plays the game. Like, if I hadn't met Trey and gotten married, then I never would have gotten divorced. And if I didn't get divorced, I wouldn't have met uh, Harry. Therefore, like everything happens for a reason. And um, in the beginning, at least, everyone is kind of exhausted with that philosophy, particularly Miranda, who's exhausted from having Brady and Carrie. I love when she puts the paper over Charlotte's rock and is like, you know, paper covers rock. Like, shut up with this, with this talk. Um, but then eventually they all kind of come around to it. And, you know, Miranda's like, if I didn't met Steve and have this baby, I never would have stopped eating. If I didn't stop eating, I wouldn't have been able to fit in these skinny jeans. If I didn't fit in the skinny jeans, I never would have discovered how many attractive men there are in this city. So um, I thought that was an interesting question. I feel like it's um, a, it's uh, everything happens for a reason is I think we are forced to reckon with the fact that it's true or else you might just get depressed. And so it's, well, really- yeah, if you, 
it, it's really well, easy to think that when, you the, when you're in a good mood and then when you're not, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Cause if you, yeah, you have to do that in order to tell yourself life makes sense mm-hmm. because if things don't happen for a reason, then you're just like, everything's random and I can't explain, I can't explain or take away any learning from this terrible thing that happened. Mm-hmm. So then life just sucks. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like that is, there is like truth to that sometimes, but I do think that like people always want to take meaning from something that happened, you mm. know? So you have to be like, and, and I, I think it's true too. Like, I think that you can look at things and find meaning and, and purpose and things to like mm-hmm. take you to the next thing. But I think if you don't take it from that, it's like you're saying, like you're forced to reckon with it because otherwise you're like, yeah, I just wasted six weeks of my life dating this guy. Like when she's talking about burger and it meant nothing. And so then if it's like, okay, well then you're just forced to grapple with loss. That's irredeemable. And that's mm-hmm. like very hard to deal with. Isn't it the, that also post breakup is the time when, when all of a sudden, like literally nothing is different in the world, but then all of right. a sudden in your life, you're all the questions are being asked that it's like, mm-hmm. what, yes. why me? Why didn't it work? What, what am I going to do with my life? Will I ever find, like, mm-hmm. I feel like breakups have even more so than death. And I think we've talked about this before, like, um, a really difficult breakup, which this one's not the worst one. She's because it's not like they were super close, but still, um, yeah. a hurtful breakup can be even more traumatizing than death because with death you have to reckon with the end of something. But when someone's mm. still out there, there's like this reminder that, mm-hmm. and there's never any real closure, no matter how much closure there's to break up, there's never actual closure. Mm-hmm. There's a very good podcast that someone recommended to me. Um, it's this podcast called on being with Krista Tippett. And mm-hmm. they talk a lot about all this like different, it's just like life stuff. And like, yeah. but there's a specific episode called the myth of closure. Mm. And the lady talks about death and divorce, but she also talks about breakups and she's like, everyone, everyone says that there's a time you need to get over things. And there's also, a, there will be an end to it. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. like, that is not true. It will incrementally continue for the rest of your life. And people, a lot of times are telling you to do that for them because they mm. need you to feel better for them. And they can't handle the fact that you are still grieving with it. Fun po- and fun it's podcast. okay to grieve something for the rest of your life. What'd you say? I said fun podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I think the big takeaway for me is when Carrie asks, like, do, do we, uh, let me find her exact quote. Um, she says, do we search for lessons to lessen the pain? And you guys know me. 100%. I'm a big uh, unexamined life is a life not worth living. Shout out to my boy Socrates. Like, I, I think, I think. If you're if you're constantly not examining the decisions you made, where you are in life, what you're doing, why you're living, and how you're perceiving life the way you are, <coughs> that ain't a, that ain't a life worth worth living. You know, you got to be examining that. And we've we've talked about our breakups and certain things on here before, and different. And but I, I was I thought it was so devastating when I I got engaged, broke it off, and it took probably two to two and a half years before that. Like I totally could relate to Kristen Davis in this Charlotte in this episode because it really bothered me. I was like, oh, I used all my engagement tricks already. Mm. I like planned a place to like next time I do it, even if it's going to mean more because it's going to be a person that I know I want to be with. But there will be a thing that's like I've already bought a ring. I've already given a girl a ring. I've already gone to the right place with the right like engagement party thing. And I felt like it was a younger, like I had to go through that to then realize maybe there was some part of you that was putting meaning on those things rather than the relationship. Yeah. And I think it, you know, I definitely would be a huge like um, Charlotte in the situation of like, yeah, like everything has meaning and like that was just as important to get you to the next thing. Of course, then Charlotte has to go ahead. No, I was, go ahead, go ahead. Then she learns her own lesson that it's like, at first she says that and then she's challenged by it to be like, oh no. Yeah. What is it? So. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about bed. 
So so they go to the, the <laughs> opening of a new club called Bed. Um, Do you guys remember Bed? So Bed might have been closed by the time we moved here, but there was another club called Duvet. No. That was on. Shut yes, up. look it up. There's oh a gosh. club called Duvet. So I think Duvet actually had some like like shady stuff go down there. But Wait, like, was Bed a real place? Yes, Bed and Duvet. There was a whole thing of bed themed nightclubs in New York. There's an article on, I think it's called The Punch, which is like a drinks blog. So there's a whole article about the the rise and fall of bed themed clubs in New York. But Duvet was one that was open, I believe, when all three of us lived here. I know it was open when I moved here. I think it closed in like 2010. That's a, like I am admittedly OCD. Like I do not like if I if my butt sits on the subway, it's not touching my bed. You like, would have hated the club called Butt then. <laughs> like I, it's just New York is just such a around. disgusting place, and my bed is such a clean, soft, safe place. And yeah. those two have no business interacting with each other at all. I cannot think of a worse club than Bed. Plus, every new like every time I sit in a theater <laughs> seat, on. I'm like, I'm for sure getting bed bugs right now. I'm like, that Hold just rubs. So you're telling me that you couldn't think of a worse club than bed. No. But we have talked about another club on here that did a thing called Stink Daddy Underwear Night. Dude, I would Stink Daddy Underwear Night a hundred times over than sitting, not laying on a bed in a nightclub that like it was infested with bed bugs and disgusting. I, I dude, agree. Thank you. I just needed someone to speak the truth. Thank Spring, you. Give me the I Stink Daddy. I 100% daddies, dude. agree. I'm, on, I'm in on the Stink Daddy Club way more. That, it's just like, man. That is already echoing through my mind whenever I'm like sitting or in a place on a couch in public. I'm just like, this is so disgusting. This is mm -hmm. so disgusting. So to have beds littered around a <laughs> bar with spilled drinks and people yeah. sweat and it's bed so bugs, gross. like, no. Also, no. I just, I'm a huge fan of separating um, church and state, but we'll get in that later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, listen, I don't want to go on a rant, but, um, but no, uh, like, obviously it can put you in a flirtatious zone maybe to be like, then you can like make these like flirty bed jokes, but it's like, I don't want to be at a club called bed, sitting on a bed, talking to a girl. I want to talk to a girl and then be in my bed with her, us naked. Like, I don't need to mix the two. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it it's makes, like it's like how, was how that you, was that the letter that you wrote to the club called Bed when you were like, I'm canceling my prime membership yeah. to Bed. It was like here's uh, why. It was a post-it note. <laughs> Let me get some things clear right about <laughs> now. Some also, goes. also, I I don't want to leave us on it too long, but it's not comfortable to sit on a bed. Like you have to lean back on one arm. I know and you'd they have to were be all holding like a martini so glass. Like you you would have to sit up by the headboard. Like I whenever I've talked to anyone on a bed. It's not comfortable you know unless what? you're like lying down. Yeah, beds. And but it's the, not like, and you're just like, and you're just like talking for. while you're about to sleep. But like, you're not. Yeah, it's not a comfortable thing to chill on. That's why they have seats and chairs. It's at just bars. like insane. But so luckily, they got out of bed with one of the most. Carrie had her, that awkward conversation with Burger's friends. Yeah, which who was that friend? I don't know. Freaking That's Michael, Michael Showalter. Showalter, director of the Big Sick and member of the sketch comedy group uh, group The State. Oh. He's been in a ton of stuff, but he directed The Big Sick, the movie with Kamel Nanjiani. That I mean, he's, that like, like, he's like comedy legend. He's like a huge comedy legend. Brooklyn and what's crazy Knight. is... Yeah. And what's crazy is he was probably like... That's probably like 10 years after The State, which was a show on MTV. So he was in his like acting... Like that was probably a huge thing that it was like, oh, Showalter like got this big part on Sex in the City. Yeah, so he had a really big part. Big shout hey. out, big shout out to um, Stella too. One of the best. Yeah, sketch Stella. Shows. Yeah, yeah. It was um, he he did great, but that scene was very uncomfortable for me. Did anyone really else think like? She it did felt out of place from sex for sex in the city. Well, she well, <sighs> there's I, a lot of yeah. I don't know about. I didn't feel that. I felt that she made the. She made the right decision and then she went and did the wrong thing. And then everyone's like, yeah. and I don't necessarily think it was ironic. I think they actually think she did the right thing at the end, but she didn't. Yeah. Also, I, I, need a, I need to rant about this. Like I, this, like this, when people go out and they're just like, you have to come. And Miranda's like, I don't want to. And Carrie's like, you <laughs> have to come to make me have to. I'll, I'll use post note. And then they get there. And they see each other for 30 seconds and then Miranda just like goes and sits with the guys. And that's just like apparently fun for like why? 
I thought there she was like going there to be there with her friends, and but that yet, can, like Carrie's so okay with it if she just meets Peter and chills in a bed because she then, wants her to get out. She's sad about Steve. She wants her to get out and put on them skinny jeans. Put on them skate skinny right, jays. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. But then Carrie, in a classic Carrie way, blows up the whole night and makes everyone leave and kills the entire reason she got Miranda to come out. Yeah, it's just like if I was depressed and I was like, you guys are coming out and you're like, no, I don't want to. And I'm like, I'm bogarting you right now. You're coming out and making me feel better. I would be super pissed then if Kevin was just like sitting on a bed with some like Mac and I'd be like, you're I commandeered you to make you come out and make me fun. Your job is to get drunk with me and have as much fun as possible with me. It's not a time for flirting right now. I will say this. I will say this. We were talking about this the other day off mic in private, but our friend group is not big into even, even all the single guys and single girls. We're, we're big into going in groups of people and hanging out together. We're not really into like going out and finding a babe or like finding yeah, a no. dude. That's good. That's also because we're like in our late thirties. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're, I, yeah, <laughs> no one's young. That's true. That's true. But it's like, even, even on nights like that, Like it's not, that's not really our thing. I think we all like hanging out together and there's usually not like a random flirt energy. Like there's still people that that's literally what they're doing in this show. They're the same age as us now. Yeah. And whatever. Let's go, dude, let's do it in the fall. When we're back together, let's go out and paint the town red and let's go to no, John, let's go paint the town bed. Let's go paint the town bed. Let's go to that second bar that they went to. What was it called? Down, drown the Hound. That Very is a bar that we would hang out in. We we have an affinity for dive bars. Oh in my this gosh. Group. So here's, here's the deal. We can get into the Drown the Hound thing, but we are in a classic Sex in the City voice dub uh, Leonardo DiCaprio ex machina situation here, if you know what I'm saying. So this is a whole other thing. I feel like... I don't want to commandeer. I'll just, we'll just, we'll talk about it real quick now and we can get over it. So we don't get all out of sorts, but drown the hound is actually the bar down the hatch, which is in Greenwich village, which is one of those like crappy college dive bars. Like, uh, you know, like all those ones that are on McDougal street. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's one of those that like, gets down the hatch. The worst. And so, yeah, it's terrible. It's like penny pitcher night. There's another one called off the wagon. It's like mm-hmm. those bars. So, I read an article while we were watching the episode because I know how to multitask. Kevin, uh, <laughs> got to get my sushi. There's, I was going to say, is someone getting takeout? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going with this. So basically, down, so down the hatch threatened to sue HBO. What? Because when that episode came out, they were like, you're portraying our bar as a place where you could pay off our bartenders and they give you drugs. They give yeah, you a yeah, joint. That's exactly what this place is. Exactly. That's a hundred percent what it is. Also, weed like weed culture in New York was very different at that time. Yeah, I'm guessing because it's everywhere now. But, um, but it, yeah, down the hatch was like we're gonna sue HBO, and you need to not air the episode. What? Like after before it came out, down the hatch was like you can't air this episode. It makes this establishment look like a place where you can go get drugs from bartenders. And so my guess is, I was. If you know the true story of this, tell us. But my guess is they aired it, and then for the DVDs and stuff, they re they overdubbed it to say "Drown the Hound" instead of "Drown the Hound." Drown Dude, the Hound, which we, I gotta say, like creative use of bar name. But yeah, it was like a whole it was a whole deal where they were threatening a lawsuit against them. That's crazy. I was like, where is that supposed to be? But yeah, it's supposed to be but down like, the hatch on McDougal. That is what is Grinnell so Village. great about New York City dive bars is like. You go to New York, there's a restaurant where like ninjas lower from the ceiling to bring you your food. Are you there's talking about like, Ninja New York? Ninja New York where I have my 29th birthday? I'm just talking about like, like, like the, the, the amount of experiences you can have in New York restaurants makes the Rainforest Cafe look like a playtime. Like you can do yeah. so many different things and eat so many different fi- types of foods that you can get overwhelmed. And sometimes you just need a home base that is a absolute smelly, disgusting... <laughs> bar that exists you in every small town in, in america in ours, ours closed our bar like that closed it did and it's yeah but like that's that those bars serve like such a good purpose for oh, yeah. like recentering yeah. yourself and john so, like, do you remember that place, 
before you got engaged, it was like a few weeks before you got engaged. We went out in the East Village to Whiskey Town, and it. I've never it, been there. You, John. I think me and Corey probably drink a little more than John, but when John flips the switch, he'll say like early on, he'll be like, tonight <laughs> yes. I'm going to get hammered. And like, I, I'm <laughs> sure I get hammered way more than John does. It's happening. But when John is just like, it's, it is a, it is a fucking decision. And when you do, yeah. it is like, it's like, it's going to be a good night. <laughs> I remember one, I remember one of those nights we don't, we, we can't go down this rabbit hole because we don't have a ton of time. But I remember one of the nights that both of you on a, on a flip the switch night where you were like it's happening something happened at this one bar in brooklyn where kevin and i have done comedy shows at where you guys were there doing like karaoke oh, till 4 30 or 5 in the morning or something yeah. like that oh and i remember gosh. hearing about it the next day and, and i like, ended up making I out with believe. with like some new person that just like came into our friend group <laughs> made out with her Dude. and then like then she became like close friends with everyone and i i was like oh that was like <laughs> That's the night. That's the night where everyone was doing stand up comedy, like imp, like improvised stand up comedy. We were all wasted at like four in the morning. I got up on the mic and I was like, everyone take out your phones. <laughs> Find three people you haven't talked to in one year and send five encouraging text messages. And this one guy was like, loser. And I was like, take out your phone or come outside. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. You threatened to fight someone for a bit. I was like, you encourage people right now. That is, there is something very truthful, no matter, no matter where it is. I'm sure everyone listening, we would love to hear your rager stories, but there is something so good with a friend group unless, Mm -hmm. and you know, unless you are sober or don't drink or have a problem, but even then you gotta, gotta rage sometimes in other ways. You gotta rage sometimes. But it's like that when you just decide, it's just like, Get the gang together. It's Dude, going. Yeah. It's going down. There's nothing better. That's what. That's what's. That's what makes life worth living. I feel like that. That's what this episode was about. This it episode was, was like so. she. Yeah. She was just like, I got, I got a bad, I got a bad post-it note tonight. We're we're doing it all. We yeah. Did, we're, yep. we're, we're we're gonna go ham, and I just I loved it. And yeah, for that, I, I, I think it's admirable. Like Carrie's thing. It's like, we're, we're doing it y'all. Yeah. We're doing it. All right. Well, yeah. and like, I think some of the other episode, like some of the other storylines suffered a little bit. Like I wasn't super invested in like Miranda's or even Charlotte's like yeah. Smith and Samantha were pretty interesting, especially cause it ended with her getting chased out by New Jersey, like <laughs> the, the, the bridge and tunnel crew chasing after her. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of gathering, like putting up the bat signal gathering the crew and going out to a wild night is something that like everyone needs that everyone needs that in their life really what is the what is the point i i guess they did shots in the old west being like i have a whiskey and then you do a shot but it's like just the proliferation of shots and doing shots when you really step back and think about it you're like be emotionally and and honest with your brain you're like it's so funny you're just like let's Let's get to a different level than reality because reality sucks right now. It's I I need to be intoxicated. (laughs) It's like, but it seems like such a joyful thing to do. That's like shots. And really it's not even enjoying like some wine or having Mm -hmm. a beer. It's just like, I'm going to taste this disgusting thing in order to not be in reality. (laughs) Yeah. Uh It's like the 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 only thing unrealistic about that episode is I think they were at the ice cream parlor at midnight. Like if they were going out on a wild night like that, you're going to be at a diner at like four, three, four in the morning, five in the morning. Like, you know, you're going to be closing that thing down. Hammered diner food. Oh, give me a break. And being high. Oh my gosh. I bet it tasted so good. (laughs) I will say they, I think they were they, I think they might've been at cafeteria, the New York city restaurant. Oh yeah. Right. Cafeteria. And I know they go there. Yeah, it looks like cafeteria because all white inside. I'm not sure um, if that's the cafeteria cameo. Anyway. I feel very ill-equipped to discuss this, but I feel like we would we be uh, remiss if we didn't. But I feel like the fashion in this episode had some bangers too. Man, Samantha, like Samantha, Samantha's rocking some iconic New, the looks. New York, the New York Dolls, like oh yeah, slash T-shirt get and up. They kind like of poke that. fun at it too with Smith too, like not wanting to wear a label. And Samantha's like, if you don't have something they can't afford, then how are you going to, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That was I feel like they hit, I feel like they made some good little digs at MTV in the best way. Like, like in a way that it was like very true about MTV and TRL and stuff. Remember As someone f- who worked at MTV, you, you weren't some- offended? 
No, I as someone who worked at MTV, I was like spot on. You want to know what one of the original trolls was? Now it's like so easy to troll people on the internet. One of the original trolls, one of the early modern trolls, was Tom Green, the bum song Mm -hmm. going to number one on TRL, and them having to be like they retired it because they were like people are voting it so much it could go on forever. Mm -hmm. So he like came on and was like, "We're officially retiring it." in order to not get trolled into uh and now i feel like the the internet troll is like that is that's been perfected well when that was happening rick astley was laying dormant in a volcano somewhere just waiting to erupt just ready <laughs> just yeah, ready just, and now now he's the go-to troll song for forever and and ever i i imagine um i um, they were all looking looking banging though um yeah. all of them also, it was some the, pretty wild. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, it was interesting that, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, there's, correct. Yeah. No, 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 never mind. Smith was in it, but it was weird that not having Steve, not having Burger, like Smith is like a new character, but there was really no guys that yeah, are no. staples of the show besides Smith, Jared. And I loved his voice. His voice is so soothing and sexy. Oh, dude. I don't really wear labels. He's, he's just like, a, he's a great actor. Like yeah, they have a, a lot actor. of people that play hot douche or not hot douche. Like it'd be so easy for someone that good looking that to just come off as not as like heartfelt and just like a good person. But he really mm-hmm. is. It has all the things that everyone's been saying he has. He just seems like a good person. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. What, what's his deal? Like, like, do you think he, I mean, he, he obviously, I, I want to talk about this, like li- like labeling someone a girlfriend before both parties are ready. Like, what, what's what's his play there? Like, I think he obviously wants to date Samantha. Samantha probably obviously want at some level wants him if she can remove some of her like battle worn, bruised armor from potentially Richard. She wants him to be her boyfriend too. So like, what's his play there? Like, keep keep um, pushing the, the the fact and trying to like like get her to come around or, or is he making the right call and being like, I'll play the game. I'll say like, I don't have a girlfriend, but like, I, I'll let you figure well, this one out. A clarification question for you. Do mm-hmm. you mean what's his play in saying like when they hug and he's like, I got a girlfriend and they haven't had that discussion or, or do you mean when he goes on TV, taking her advice and playing into the PR? Move, no, I think, I think he needs to like play the PR move. Cause I think like not listening to Samantha's PR advice would be, career suicide like like totally. she knows what she's doing totally but they're in this interesting position where samantha says she doesn't want that label he obviously wants that label so does he like push the fact is he like samantha like you need to be my girlfriend i want to be just exclusive with you or does he let her exhaust herself like a fish on a tight line and just be like like eventually come around and and figure it out like what what would be your play there if you were with a like a woman who, or in a relationship where they didn't want that label. It's a risky, soon. it's a risky move because I think it's going to end well for them, but it's a risky move to push more commitment and risk scaring the person away. Yeah. Especially yeah. you got to be yourself, but not, but I feel like it's always best to like communicate about it rather than, rather than put someone on the spot, you know? Um, totally. totally. Have you guys ever been, uh, that's like, well, it's a different discussion. I was going to say that I love you put on the spot mm. by someone, but that I will say that though, that's a different thing because the, I love you thing is someone take it. Like you don't, you don't have a discussion to be like, I mean, maybe some people do, but you don't have a discussion to be like, are we going to be the people that say, I love you? Like, I think you just do that because you're like, I got to tell you something. Exactly. Um, yeah. I love you. That's a different thing. That's a totally different thing. And I think that is fine. If you, it's not even springing it on someone. It's just like, I need to tell you how I feel. But I do think the labeling thing is something that like affects your life socially. And like, it's like, Oh, what are we now? It like kind of changes what you are, you know? So yeah, I think it should be. It's so, both it's so thing. funny. The, it's it's just given so much fodder, but think about like when, when what are we started? You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. like literally the subject of like most most comedic television now. That isn't yeah. like 
that isn't like, yeah. you know, Veep or something like that. But there's so many shows that are like, like, um, all of those, like either, that's uh, like catastrophe is, is mm-hmm. whether it's in dating or marriage or raising kids, there's so many different labels that it's like yeah. figuring out what used to be obvious. You know, yeah, it's like when Harry met Sally, it's the whole movie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which I think is really, that's really interesting. I feel like there's like a really interesting psychological book in there somewhere. Oh, totally. totally. And I think there's like some, there's probably like a lot of statistics about, uh, like happiness and, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that we're condemned to be free. The more choices we have, the less happy we are about something. So, um, you know, like I'm sure, although there was some horrible things that came out of like arranged marriages, like there's also some statistics that people were like a lot happier or like a found mm. like a deeper meaning with some of those things. So one of the you know, things that I've thought about with, um, I wish there was some sort of service cause we've been doing this sex and city thing. We're also in a movie club that's private. <laughs> you were listeners. We have, although if you want to, if you want to start a Patreon and give us money, we'll let you into the movie club. No, actually we said based on this, we're starting a movie club. <laughs> we're starting uh, with the Patreon movie, movie club. Movie but yeah. we are doing that. I was like, man, I was but like, if you want to send us money, you can be in our private movie club too. Um, send, just send us hundred bucks a month. But there is yeah. something that it's like with all the streaming services, there's plenty of times that I've just been like scrolling around for two hours and then I'm like, ah, fuck this. I'm going to bed or start a movie 15 minutes in. And I was like, it would be cool to just be part of something be like, listen, here's the movie schedule seven days a week at 9 PM, this movie and people host that and just talk. Could Mm -hmm. be Kevin, you, you wouldn't, you would know this, you know, the song by Bruce Springsteen, 57 channels and nothing on. Do you know that song? I don't know that. It's about cable TV. And he talks about how you get, all you it's like and now it's like a thousand channels yeah i tell the story of when i was a little kid i was at the grocery store the low the local jewel osco and my mom uh you know we were looking at the back to school supplies and i was looking at all the lunch boxes there was transformers teenage mutant ninja turtles there was he-man and she's like you can have whatever you want you can have whatever lunchbox you want but you have to pick it out before we leave and i was looking at all of them you know, I saw all those different options. I couldn't do it. I ended up brown bagging it that entire year because there's just too many choices for me. Couldn't, Dude, couldn't make up go. my mind. If the, were, if she would have just been like, take the Star Wars one, you're getting Star Wars and you're going to love it. I would have been the, the toast of the town, man. What if, you kidding what me if walking around with that? That exact thing you just said, that exact paragraph, but in Carrie Bradshaw's, and then at the end she's like, and I couldn't help but wonder. Are we all just brown bags looking for yeah, a special all- lunch? <laughs> <laughs> um, Corey, what were you going to say? Okay. I, okay. So there's an interesting scene, John, when you were saying, I feel ill-equipped to discuss the fashion. I feel ill-equipped to discuss this, but there's like a couple interesting scenes when they go to drown the hound, pound the ground, down the hatch. Um, and it's like funny. They meet like the bridge and tunnel people, but there's the scene. There's the scene where Charlotte, goes and like those the there's a, a group of girls who are at like a bachelorette party and they're like oh take her picture and then carrie's like she just got engaged too and then she and they're like oh my gosh take a picture with us and then they pull charlotte in and then they put the brides they put the like tiara bride thing tiara on her and i feel like charlotte completely overtakes their picture. And oh, yeah. I know it's because I know it's because it's the redemption of Charlotte not getting her wedding dress. But there was a weird thing there where it was like these four strangers are like at their at their bachelorette party. Um and then they're like, oh cool, what's your deal? And then she completely which that could be the kindness of strangers. Well I I could see like, that happening in a Me way too. of like, I could of, then see them take a second picture. <laughs> I think like yes. the thing where like they didn't take a second picture. But then having, but then once you get into that, you, you're like, all right, we got 28 minutes. But it seems like you could. It's actually a better scene that way if they take the picture and then they're like, "What's on your finger?" Or like, "Like you're engaged too." Second picture. Yeah, I think it. I agree. It's almost like it just didn't ring true. It was like they're also pretty hammered. The girl p- yeah. played played drunk pretty well. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I think the other thing is like, this has happened like all over the show and it makes total sense, but it's, um, 
but it's basically like the, everyone else's stories become the four girls stories, but yeah. it's because they're the four main characters. Yeah. So that, that yeah. makes sense. Um, what else do we have to cover? Are we good? I the, think the, the detained, but I just think like, I feel like that's a great stereotypical New York city cop. Dude, when he, he was, when he was writing the ticket and he's yeah. just like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do this. Don't hate me. And, tore the ticket i was just like whoever thought of that in the writer's room yeah. like buy that person great. a beer right yeah, now that solid. was so good that guy it, was a great had a great cop look too so apparently now they didn't they just gave her a ticket right she didn't have to go to no she didn't have to go downtown and i don't think he gave he said i'll give you a ticket for smoking in a bar it uh, made it sound like he like was he like downgraded making it less it. like not for possession of weed well now i don't know when it was but now literally that's the law of the land like it's de it's yeah, illegal it's like but it's decriminalized so you would just get a ticket if you did it now and yeah. i will say once that happened you started smelling a lot more weed around New York. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I went to Prospect Park the other day and the entire park just smells like weed. Yeah. 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 Like I, a friend of a friend of mine last year, he was like before pandemic happened. He was just like, if anyone wanted to know what 2019, 2020 was like in New York, it was like tensions are high and everything smells like weed. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's That's got completely it. completely what it's like. Needs to. Yeah. Needs something to chill Same. out. It's just speaking of uh, of getting high. Let's throw up some Cosmo ratings and see where we're at. Uh, I have a, I have predictions that this is going to score well, but you never know. It's in the mind of the boys. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, everyone got their Cosmo rating. Um. Oh man, I had it. I got now it. I'm, now I'm juking it around. All right, we're going live in three, two, one. Four point two five. Ah, shoot. Oh, shoot. What did you, you say, 4.25. 4.25. All right, you go, you go first. Why, why 4.25? Um, I, it, yeah. It felt like a really great episode, and it felt like, um, it felt like a really great episode. It was super fun. I do think, like you said, some of the storylines dropped off a little bit, but I guess they all kind of had, like, pretty strong storylines. Um, and they had some wrap ups to theirs and it was just like a great fun picture of the whole night. I guess there was part of it where there's just some stuff that like, it felt like a continue. It was kind of like a let's revisit and redigest the burger thing. So it wasn't like an episode mm. where it's like, bam, oh my gosh, she walks inside. What big is in the street? And then, oh shoot, Trey rolls up. Like it wasn't yeah. like a thing where it's like, bam, bam, bam. Like this could be a 5.0 rating. Yeah. Uh, but I still feel like it was really good and super fun and like pretty iconic for a lot mm -hmm. of things. So uh, yeah. Um, I'll go. I think this, this episode made me really miss New York and those like nights that you can have in New mm. York. We, we reminisced about some oh, yeah. of our tales that we've had together. Uh, but it like also felt like a coming of age, like super bad type movie where they were just kind of like wandering around from these different places, getting in adventures, meeting these people. And I just love that like type of storytelling. Um, so although like Charlotte's um, uh, storyline and Miranda's storyline were very weak, it was like the most amount of time I feel like all four of them together uh, mm. that we've ever had. And like Kevin said, like, I love that it was one day. It was like mm -hmm. the morning into the day. And it was just like one day with all these women. And I don't know. I just, I just really loved it. Would watch it again. 4.5. Yeah. I felt like this had all of the flavor of a 5.0 episode. There was just, it didn't have the like epic storylines and that's actually what made it great. Um, it, it, it was almost like, um, you know, like when they give out best picture, like best picture typically goes to something that it's like, not just like a small little indie drama, because it's like, even if that's your favorite movie of the year, you're like, it's got to go to something like parasite or, or, you know, um, or like a big war movie or saving private Ryan or something. Those are the movies mm -hmm. that, and this felt like, kind of like its own small little indie movie feel like, uh, they weren't taking on these like epic things, but it was really cool in that way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the theme didn't necessarily go through for everyone, but in a way it did. Like, I, I just thought it was really cool. I thought it was really well done and yeah. it felt like a different yeah. flavor than any other sex in the city episode, but completely a sex in the city episode. So, um, so I loved it. And there was just some big iconic moments that were great. 
So yeah. yeah. It it also I didn't even think about this, but like it does end up having a good ending of a like the th- the friend therapy you need when you're going through a breakup. Totally. They all end up totally. they're like we had a crazy night, we almost got arrested. Oh, what was I going to say? I don't know. We're all like hazy and eating ice cream now and just yeah. like we're like that's exactly what you need. You're just like friends are together. It's not a night where Carrie's like crying sitting on the curb like she's just like having fun with her friends yeah exactly yeah not a better place in the world to get drunk and go to a diner at four in the morning mm-hmm. agreed yeah. um anyway you all you listeners you're our friends we love you so much thanks so much for listening if you haven't already go ahead hop on over to itunes give us a uh write a review for how you uh how you think we are we're doing and also um, cosmo rating we're we're banging out some extra content over there at the patreon um we're writing our own sex in the city episodes we're doing a movie club um we're going through listener questions so um if you're over there we're doing uh got a schedule going and we got all kinds of new episodes that are not just these episode episodes. So, uh, subscribe to the Patreon and, uh, you know, and we'll hear us blabbing a little bit more. That's right. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. And, uh, as always later Abs- taters, absolutely fucking later taters. Bye. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at thebradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.